I want to talk to you a little bit about Grip Six. Uh, they make things here in America. I was looking for uh, pickleball paddles. Uh, and, oh yeah, yeah. Grip Six makes they make great ones. Yeah, great pickles. Uh, uh, pickleball. I've never played pickleball. I, I don't. No. No. I mean, I mean, look at me. Uh, sure, I look like your a, picture of health. First of all, picture of health, athletic achievement. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, sure, sure, sure. But if you're looking for uh, anything pickleball, they've got really great paddles. Everything that they make is made here in America. Um, the socks, I mean, it starts all the way with the wood. The the uh, their belts, it starts with the steel and the fabric as well. All of it made here in America. All of the inks, the dyes, the everything made in America. Do yourself a favor. Check out Grip6.com slash Beck right now. Great Christmas presents. Grip6.com slash Beck. All right. Hour three of the program begins in just a minute. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Final hour of the broadcast today begins in 60 seconds. First, let me tell you about our sponsor for this half hour. It is Goldline. We are experiencing a gold rush in the 21st century. Experts are are not just optimistic, they're bullish, predicting gold might soar past $2,500 an ounce. I hope, I pray that doesn't happen because the world is on fire. If we get $2,500 to $3,000 an ounce, it just shows that everything is just breaking down uh, as unfortunately we have uh, talked about so often here on the program. But it is important that you have something beyond just currency, that you have something that is both physical and in a way biblical. The world always returns to gold. When things go insane, it always resets. And when it comes to money, it always resets on gold. And that's why China is buying so much, et cetera, et cetera. Right now, if you purchase a box of 250 of the brand new Lincoln quarter ounce gold coins, these are beautiful. They have Abraham Lincoln on the front, Bill of Rights on the back. It's to commemorate the, uh, the anniversary of Abraham Lincoln calling for a renewal of the American covenant. When you get a box of these, you're gonna receive one ounce gold legal tender bar cards at no additional cost. Find out all of the information, call Goldline now, 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE, or goldline.com. Good friend uh, in from Israel, Rabbi Itzhak um, uh, Alderstein is uh, with us. Great to be here, Glenn. How are you? I'm doing good, as well as you can do in the middle of a war. I got to tell you, the power that you have, um, I'm, I'm just overwhelmed by it. I was eating breakfast, breakfast meeting, call for an Uber, get into the car, and I hear his voice, and I look <laughs> at the, and it says Mercury, and I, I tell my lovely driver, Deidre, said, are you listening to Mercury? She says, yeah, my daughter got me into it a couple of years ago. They said, yeah. you know where we're going? Yeah, so great, so great. So, I don't Texas know. is a blessed place. Um, how are things in Israel? 
You know, it's a it's a mixture. It's a, it's a war. There's there's no question. I feel a little guilty because my family, uh, my wife and myself, and uh, and two kids live in the Jerusalem area, where we haven't had to run for a bomb shelter in a couple yeah. of weeks. Um, people are amazing. The feeling of unity in the country is just it was like that on nine eleven for us. It was like that in nine eleven. Mm-hmm. I do think it's some it's something a little different here. It's not just a question of survival. It's people finding their commonality. It's a commonality that is deeper than just this horrible, horrible enemy that we have to defeat. It's the the, the sense of of mission, of purpose, of having been in this land for three thousand years, have come back to it, started this wonderful, wonderful state. We got more than fifty percent of the country who are volunteering to help soldiers, dis- displaced people, people are making meals. So Every time, God forbid, another soldier dies, there are literally thousands of people, thousands of strangers who come to, who come to a funeral. It's, it's exhilarating, and it makes, makes me feel a little bad. I remember, I think I remember when I was a kid, there was somewhat of this feeling in America, yeah. and it's dissipated for yeah. so long. I know. Hopefully it comes back, and hopefully it doesn't take a... Uh... A national tragedy to do it. Um, there's video that is out. Palestinian strip forced to sit outside by IDF soldiers raises ire. Um, how do you respond to that? Um, my stomach responds first after I can get c- control of that. Wh- what are what are people what are people saying? You're talking about an army that invaded Israel that was a perpetrator of the worst savagery that we have seen in, since World War II, certainly the worst that, that Jews have, 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 uh, have, have experienced. Uh, I was in Knesset uh, about a week ago, and just after uh, showing to members of Knesset of some of the footage that hasn't been shown to the general public, nobody made it through the entire showing. Everybody, like some people made it closer to the end. One woman collapsed. There were doctors waiting outside. You're, you're talking about things that we don't even want to talk about. And if you see the visuals, you're changed, you're changed for life. When you, when you then surround some of their soldiers, people who are pledged, who've said October 7th is just the beginning. I know. It's the first of a set. There's going to be bigger and better coming. And there's no way that you're going to you're going to suppress us. And people are upset when you show a visual of soldiers who should be happy that they're alive, and and uh, and 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 are there because security demanded that you make sure that they're not hiding any arms. Uh, you know what? What what's scariest about that, Glenn, is the extent to which people's minds are affected by visuals without any thought about yeah. principles. It is it is truly terrifying here in America to see. I mean, I knew it was going to get bad. I've talked about it for years. Um, but to see how rapidly so many people have gone off the cliff of reality is is a little uh, a little terrifying. You see what happened last week with the, you know, with the heads of Penn and, and Harvard and MIT. I 
I don't even understand how people are justifying this at all. Do you? I, I, I'm afraid that I, I'm afraid that I'm undo, I, that I do. Look, uh, there are a number of components of this. Two of them we can get through very quickly. The other one you're going to find more more interesting. Okay. One is that anti-Semitism never ever really goes away. Correct. It's there. I've I've worked in the field of watching anti-Semitism now for decades, and the worst kind of anti-Semitism, as far as Jewish survival, is unconscious anti-Semitism. People who would be shocked to hear, "What am I an anti-Semite?" But yet harbor subconscious feelings about the Jewish people. It's the only way to understand why there's so many people who are upset, and people should be upset watching watching people die and watching casualties, mm-hmm. although we don't know how many there are. But what happened a couple of years ago in Syria? When, right. when Assad killed between 500 to 600,000 people, by the way, almost every one of those deaths could have been avoided had America stood its ground mm-hmm. rather than keeping painting lines in the sand that, mm-hmm. that, they, that they never followed. 13 million people displaced. If you ask people in America, where's the bloodiest conflict in recent decades? Where are most people, where are more people dying than any place on, on, on earth? And I'm telling you, 11 out of 10 Say Israel. It, it, it will, will tell you, will not get this right. Math was not my strong point. 11 out of 10 will tell you, I don't know, but they won't get the real one, which is the Congo. <laughs> war that's been going on for decades with hundreds of thousands of casualties, orders of magnitude more than Israel, Israel-Palestine. So where's the outrage? So that's, that's part of it. Another part of it is, is the introduction of a, of a Middle Eastern anti-Semitism that's a, that's a, a product of immigration. That's going to change the demography of America. It's already changed the voting habits of the Democratic Party. But then there's the part that you should really get scared about, Glenn, and that is that Liz McGill, you know, the, the, uh, the, the one whose testimony was the most damning mm-hmm. in Congress, you know, it depends on context. What, what was she doing? That was your question. What she was really doing was pandering to the expectations of faculty and students on campus. And that has been heading in one direction for decades. It is, you know, if you don't understand it, it is why Bob Iger being replaced at Disney will make no difference because the culture is so deep, it's all the way down the food chain. It's it's in all of the employees. So replacing the top won't change a darn thing. Right. And, and I know I'm not going to get paid more for this interview by buttering you up, because you don't get, <laughs> none of us get paid anything. But that's one of the reasons why you are sitting in such a, an important position, why the only way that this can be arrested, or at least contained in part, is if people recognize the depth of the problem and say, we're going to take the appropriate measures. I don't mean anything, God forbid, militarily. or Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean in education in particular. There are just too many parents out there who say, this is horrible, you know, this intersectionality stuff and the wokeism, whatever. But as far as their own kids and the schooling they're giving their own kids, they're, you know, like, okay, I, we really were going to send our kids to a Christian school, but, you know, we just moved and the public school is only half a mile away. Right. And, and, and we're going to do it and thinking that somehow you're not going to have to bear those consequences. If you're serious about the centrality of the family, if you're serious about Christian values, 
then you have to realize that the most sacred mission that God gave to you is to make sure that your that your your children are are servants of God who interested in the truth and people are just not able to emerge that way when they're glued to their devices yes. 26 hours a day and then indoctrinated in public schools and certainly in the universities right let me let me um um ask you cuz you said um a year ago and you said to me several years ago as well they're coming for christians first this time um I think we're not in lockstep, um, but uh, they are. It's getting worse for the Jews faster, faster than it is for the Christians. But you were right all those years ago. Christians are unaware of what is happening to them, and uh, and and what is right around the corner. I mean, if you're surprised at how many people are saying, you know, I'm, you know, I'm anti-semitic things i'm i'm against the jews or whatever that's that's it's not a huge leap in this society now to say yeah well i'm also against those christians too because the christians cause all the problems especially since one of the dominant themes in the culture of america today is the takeover by thoughts of intersectionality and wokeism and the idea that you can divide the world into two halves the oppressed yep. and the oppressors. And the good guys are the oppressed and the bad guys are the oppressors. There was a display in a hall at Indiana University, Purdue, for almost an entire year, not in a classroom, in a hallway, that sought to, tell, to alert students about how Christianity was part of white privilege and therefore made Christians as Christians part of the oppressor class, how Christianity was used mm. as a vehicle of, of oppression. You may be right that I was wrong about coming for Christians first, although oh, as, no, I, I, as they, they did in places like Nigeria yeah, and a yeah. whole, but you know, the October 7th the unleashed something that was, that was powerful. Right. But you're not a step behind, you're maybe a quarter of a step yeah. behind. Michigan State University had a, uh, a code of speech for students. It has been revoked since then, but it was in force for, I believe, an entire academic year where students were told to avoid any language that made oblique reference to the majority religion in America. So you were not supposed to use words like Mary or, wow. or Jingle Bells or eggs, or... Wow. And, and uh, it, it, it stressed majority religion. You're allowed to talk about minority Minor. religions, I guess as long as it's not Jewish, but you can't talk about, about, Christi about Christianity. The, the key here to understand all of this is oppressor versus oppressed. If it, everything else goes, all logic, everything goes out the window... All facts go out the window. If you just look at oppressor versus oppressed, uh, then you, 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 you lose all common sense and, and everything else. I want to ask you one other question that is um, really been really apparent to me, and you would have the backing for why I feel this way, because I don't I, – I, well, I'll, I'll ask you here in a second. Give me one minute. Um, 
What's a dog got to do to get a little rough greens around here? Has your dog said that to you yet? Uno does all the time. Uh, anyway, if you have a dog, you want to take the best care of your dog. You want to feed him the best. If you're feeding your dog kibble food, it, it has had so much of the good stuff baked out of it. Brown food is dead food. Uh, green food is what you need. How many times have you heard, have a salad? Yeah, 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 I know. That's kind of what your dog is saying, although they hate salads. Well, I was going to say more than I do, but I don't think so. Um, they got to have the green stuff. They have to have all the probiotics and everything else. It's a supplement that it was developed by naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black. He put it on the dog's food. They get everything that they need. Rough Greens wants to send the first bag free. All you have to do is uh, just call them. Now, you get you pay for shipping, but other than that, it's a trial bag and it's absolutely free. Just call them at 833-GLENN-33, 833-GLEN-33, or roughgreens.com slash Beck. 10 seconds, station ID. This has, you know, I've known this forever. Read it in the scriptures. When the chosen people are going into Israel, God says, choose life. And we wouldn't have a society. The, the Judeo-Christian world is based on the respect of life. Without, without that moment, you don't have the respect for life. You have a, you have a, a horrible, horrible, dark world. I keep coming back to the thought that that is the only decision that we really have to make. Because everything right now is being divided into life or death. All of it. How you vote. It's either going to cause life to flourish or it will cause death. All of these things are life. And, and I've never seen in my lifetime that choice so clear. You, you would think that the Bible wouldn't even have to instruct people. There's life, there's death. Choose life. Like, who's not going to choose life? But the point is, if you're not listening to God, if you, there's no room for God and his instruction in your life, then in the end, the center of the universe is not questions no, any longer of right or wrong, of listening to any kind of absolute. It's not fealty to the family or to the nation or the community. It's numero uno. It's only yourself. That's all that's out there. And when it's you without any moral code, to have to choose from, then feelings become more important than anything else. So questions even of life or death themselves become irrelevant. It's how I feel at the moment. Do I feel oppressed? Do I feel like a victim? Do I feel like I don't like watching these pictures, so let's do something about it. And no, I don't have any real solution to it, but I'm not feeling good about it. We're not thinking about, about life and death anymore and making that choice. You're certainly right. But the missing ingredient there is, if, if there is no connection with God and God's word and God telling you that there is such a thing as good and evil, it's not all relative. It's not context dependent. There are things we are hardwired to realize are wrong, and it takes real work, which society has done, to get you to abandon those feelings. So I think that the, that the choice is, are we going to be in tune with, with God, with the existence of God, and some message out there that God has for us? How does this, I mean, I've 
I've read the Bible. It never ends out. It ends up good for the society that is making the choice that we're making right now. You're always, you're always, at least I am, always screaming at the people going, did you not see two chapters before you did the same thing? Um, how does this end? It, it ends, well, the beginning of the end is what, what we're talking about right here, the recognition that human societies are imperfect, that the idea of humans redeeming themselves and coming up with a perfect solution, whether it's Marxism, socialism, capitalism, anything in between, are all doomed to failure. That the real solution to the problems of mankind is letting God into the world. And that where there is more God consciousness, there is a hope for wholeness and, and, and people listening to each other and listening to the word of God who will give us the roadmap. The, the end is, is secure. It's not a wish. It's not that religious people can be more optimistic or hopeful. We can take it to the, we can take it to the bank. But um, it, it, it starts with the recognition that we have to humble ourselves and, and long for God's redemption. Yeah. It's, um, you go down into crazy things when you lose your humility. You know? You see it. You can see it in other people. But for some reason, I don't think America has yet really seen that's the key to our problem. We're no longer humble. We're no longer grateful for really anything. And until we restore gratitude and humility, we can't turn back to, to God. And he is the only solution. Rabbi, thank you so much. So, so Always a pleasure being yeah. here. God Thanks for you. having me. You going back to Israel today? Uh, no. No. A few more spit stops. And- okay. Well, and then back. my best to I you and it. your family and, Thank uh, you so much. and everybody in Israel. Thank God you. bless you. Thank you so much. Um, uh, when we come back in just a second, there's a couple of other things that we, we haven't delved into yet that I think need some attention, some things that happened over the weekend. We go there in just a second. Stand by. If you think that the perfect home buying or selling experience doesn't exist, would you please contact my company, realestateagentsitrust.com? I think you might be surprised. Moving is no fun. Trust me, moved a lot over the years. I should know. When the time comes, there's so much you have to do to get your house ready to be sold, things you have to replace, things you have to paint, that weird 1970s wallpaper that strangely never got removed. That's got to go. And even then... Everything you do on the buying end is a pain in the neck. Negotiating uh, all of the all of the things that you have to do for the most expensive purchase and important purchase of your life is no joke. We vet the real estate agents that we recommend at no cost to you. Uh, we vet them six ways to Sunday, and we monitor. None of them work for us. We have decided that they qualify to be somebody that I can say to you, I like these people. I like this individual. I think they're going to do the right thing by you. They will actually listen and they have the best business practices. So when you're looking for a real estate agent, 
Just go to realestateagentsitrust.com, realestateagentsitrust.com. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Glad you're here. There's a couple of things uh, before we get off of the the college testimony of the presidents. Uh, here's uh, Saturday Night Live over the weekend. This was their comedy piece on the anti-Semitism that's happening at Harvard, UPenn, and MIT. Listen to this. Thank you, Chairwoman. Now I'm going to start screaming questions at these women like I'm Billy Eichner. Anti-Semitism, yay or nay? I'm sorry, what? Yes or no is calling for the genocide of Jews against the Code of Conduct for Harvard. Well, it depends on the context. (gasps) What? (laughs) That can't be your answer, you pen lady. Same question, yes or no? Well, we are serious about stopping all forms of hatred, anti-Semitism, Islamophobia. The second one, MIT lady, chance to steal. And keep in mind, if you don't say yes, you're going to make me look good, which is really, really hard to do. So I'll ask you straight up. Do you think genocide is bad? Could I submit an answer in writing at a later date? (laughs) Am I winning this hearing? (laughs) Somebody pinch me. (laughs) Ms. Stefanik, your time is up. Oh, thank God. The chair, the chair recognizes gentleman from Michigan. Thank you. I yield my time back to Miss Stefanik. <laughs> Damn it! Okay, stop. I am. Uh, I mean, is I, this I, even funny? I, I've read. I hadn't seen that. I I've, hadn't I've read about it. Yeah. And a lot of people were writing about it, saying, "Can you believe they tried to make fun of the Republican?" Congresswoman, instead of making fun of the fact that they would not say anti-Semitism was bad. Mm-hmm. But what is more jarring to me is how unfunny that was. That is, I, there I can't a laugh. believe that was comedy. No. Th- th- that was an attempt at comedy, what you just heard. That, that was maybe, I'm being kind, a high school talent show. Yeah, with the crowd reacting the same way. Yes. Like they don't know when to laugh. They don't know what's supposed to be funny. They can tell she's trying to make an idiot out of the congresswoman. That's about it. But they're but the whole thing is reversed with the audience. Even the SNL audience yeah. laughs at. Can I put that in writing? Right. They, that's can the I, only time they understood. The only time yeah. they understood because they're they're trying to figure out how how is this how is Stefanik the bad guy here? What what is? I mean, it is off the rails. And you know what's really exciting is comedy is making a comeback. Yeah. More and more, there are comedians that are just no longer playing this game. How long before NBC Saturday Night Live gets the memo? Well, what she, they got the memo already. The, they decided to go the other way, wasn't it? Was it Shane Gillis who was yeah. on the? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was on the show, yeah. and then they said he made a I don't know a comment years previously that was bad, or he said a bad word, or I don't even remember what the controversy was. So they threw him out. And now he's thriving outside of that system. He, he, online, I mean, he's, he's got massive following and is probably doing much better than he ever could have done as some, you know, faceless member of the SNL cast that now at this point, no one knows who any of them are outside of Keenan Thompson, right? Yeah. It's the only guy. And, and my kids know him as the guy from Good Burger 2. Yeah. Not even Good Burger. Yeah. They know him from yeah, Good yeah. Burger 2. So I, I, I don't know. I, that, the SNL thing, you'd think that they would 
be able to sense this. They were at one point on the cutting edge of comedy. I mean, they really I, were. Yes, it's a long but time, that though. was squashed yeah. by political correctness. Squashed by, I, I think it's probably the same thing that's happening, uh, you know, at Disney. We were just talking about it. You can't, you can't just fire the top. You can't fire the top. It, it, it's, it's all the way down into the system now. You'd have to clean house from top to bottom on Saturday Night Live. And you couldn't do that because you'd also have to clean house at NBC. Mm. It, unless you're cleaning what's house. The, yeah, what's the motivation to do something like yeah, that? Yeah, there's none. None. Yeah, They're still gonna... leading the way. We're still leading the way on wokeness. I mean, look at We're the, still right. Look at the Elon Musk thing, right? Here's the guy, I, you know, reading that book, and he's been in my yeah. mind a lot because yeah. of that book. But you remember that he was like the most popular person in the world. Mm-hmm. Everyone loved the guy, except mm-hmm. for maybe some on the right. Yes. And this is as recent as 2021? It's not that long ago. Wow. It's not wow. that long ago. You forget that it yeah. was just 2021. I was, I, was, this is a, I was going through the part of the book where they talk about him, and they mentioned it was, this was the peak of his popularity. And they, they talk about his move toward, I guess you'd call it the right, uh, on some of the stuff, though it's not exactly no. tr- true. But um, it was May 2021 when, wow. he, when he hosted Saturday Night Live. Do you, does that seem at all plausible that right now they would ask Elon Musk to host Saturday Night Live? No. The reason they did it because he was so popular, so well-liked. Everybody loved him. Most of the people on the left, they loved their Teslas. The, he was a mega hero and then right after that I, he like opened his factory and became a terrible person or something i don't even remember what started it but uh now they're to the point where they think he's satan because he wants people to be able to say things it's like crazy. i uh, i can't even follow it anymore all right um it is a it's a week before the holidays a lot of people are taking this as a short week we are going to be here slaving in the cave we'll be doing it oh, just for you. Are you just disgusted as I am at people who take time off from work? You know, it's it's revolting. We will we will work up to 38 weeks a year, four Amen. to five Let's days on some Let's weeks, three up to Let's three not, hours a day, Let's not, not including commercial breaks and news breaks. Let's not lock ourselves into that. No, I'm not saying okay. we're going to do that every year. I'm just saying that <laughs> we will do that for you. Right. What and the American doing? people, what are they doing? What are they you doing? You know, they're oh, excavating got an things job. and such, yeah. you know? Well, we've got an eight-hour job jam-packed into three hours where we get a break every like 10 minutes. <laughs> You can't live like that you for can. long. It's very can't live like that for long. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, it's a uh, shortened, uh, shortened week, and when we come back, it will be right smack in the political season. Yeah. Even though they won't leave you alone because you know they're going to pass all those bad things that they've said that they weren't going to pass. The Republicans will cave during the holiday season when they think you're not looking. So sure, that's good. Um, but what is happening in Iowa? Well, there is a new poll out in Iowa today. This is the Des Moines Register. This is, you know, thought this of as the, the poll. yeah thought of as the gold standard poll for Iowa. Uh, this is uh, it's got it was it, it depends. You can find good news for 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 you if you're a few candidates. Uh, you know, for example, Ron DeSantis is up in Iowa. There is a little asterisk to that though. Uh, so is Donald Trump, and in fact, Donald Trump is up by more. Uh, right wow. now, Donald Trump at 51%. Ron DeSantis is at 19%. Nikki Haley at 16%. Haley is flat from the last poll. And then Ramaswamy at 5 Chris Christie at 4 Asa Hutchinson cracking 
positive digits at 1%, which wow. is pretty darn impressive. That is. Uh, Ryan Binkley, still at zero. Sad. Ryan Binkley? Yeah, at zero. I am shocked. Sad. I know. I was shocked, too. But yeah. Binkley from the Binkleys. Binkley's of 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 you that uh, yeah, yeah yeah you know it uh so <laughs> he's not uh he's not gonna win i don't think wow. but uh so you have a situation where you had the uh, the endorsement of the very popular governor of iowa and you had the endorsement of uh one of the most popular evangelical political leaders in mm-hmm. iowa both for ron DeSantis. Maybe move the needle a, a tad uh, as he got to 19, he went from 16 to 19. So that's, I guess, an improvement. But again, remember, you had people dropping out. You had people like Tim Scott dropping out and Mike Pence dropping out in this period. A lot of that seemed to go to Donald Trump. Uh, so if that, if the poll is accurate, of course, uh, I mean, look, you get generalities from these things, not specifics, but generalities would tell you Donald Trump very much in the lead, tight race for second right now. With what six weeks left? What is it? Is it January fifteenth for the? I think it is. I think it's yeah. January fifteenth for the uh, caucus. Off the top of my head, which is, you know, you're right. We come back on the what the third, and a half. fourth, whatever it is. Yeah, it's a week and a half. Right after the holidays, it's a week and a half, and we're in Iowa. And then, and then when is uh, when is New Hampshire? Uh, that's a good question. Let me see. I mean, if that's I can find just a couple of this. weeks after that, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, we are in. We'll know who the. I mean, it's crazy. Donald Trump, he's going to win. Man, I hate to say this. He looks like he's going to win in um, in Iowa. No votes have been cast. No votes have been cast. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, stranger things have happened. So just want to let you know, aliens have been confirmed now by the Pentagon. So stranger (laughs) things have happened. Um, He is still in the lead, but Nikki Haley is... A clobbering DeSantis in New Hampshire, is that right? Correct, yes. Uh, that's been the case for a while. In fact, DeSantis is not even third in, in New Hampshire. I think he's fourth Oof. behind Christie as well. Uh, and then uh, you have... He's got to have a strong second in South Carolina. Because if Trump wins the first two, he'll most likely win uh, in South Carolina. But Nikki, you know... You know, that's her home state. If she's going to do well, she's going to do really well there. You'd think. I, I, but, I mean, take out, like, the fact that the opposing political party is trying to throw the leading candidate in prison. Can we take that out for just a second? It's hard to. It's hard yes. to take that out. It's hard I think to. we should yeah. deal with that separately for yeah. a second. Okay, let's just pretend that's Venezuela right now. Right, like that crazy. That only right. happens in countries like that. <laughs> yeah. If you take that out for a second, you'd look at this race and you'd say, okay, DeSantis will have a chance to... Throw everything he's got at the uh, at the race in Iowa. If he loses in Iowa, he's pretty much done. I think that's true. If he were to, if he does not, maybe if he lost by, if he was down by twenty points in the polls and then only lost by two, people might say, "Wow, that was a really strong showing." So maybe a close loss would be okay. But he really needs to win Iowa. So, if DeSantis. DeSantis. I disagree. I, I disagree because I'm looking at this whole race differently. I think Donald Trump is going to be the nominee mm-hmm. and the left is doing everything to ensure it, even though right now they're freaking out. They're mm-hmm. like, "Uh oh, maybe we shouldn't have done all these things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, every time they make another move against Donald Trump, he becomes stronger. I think he will be the nominee. I think DeSantis knows that. I think everybody knows that. Um, and they're still fighting, and it would be interesting 
you know, mm-hmm. but it would be pretty historic if, you know, the lead was at 50 points and you were at 19 and you lost by two. Mm-hmm. It'd be pretty historic. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, but aliens have been confirmed <laughs> by the Pentagon. So it could happen. I think DeSantis is running for number two, not for the vice presidency. He wouldn't, I don't think he would no. run. It'd be vice president. No. Um, Although, what's he going to do after he leaves? And I've already invited him. Move to Texas. We'll make you the governor here. Um, but uh, he's not running for the vice presidency. He's got to be number two in case Donald Trump is is the guy who goes to prison, Wait strangely. Your problem with my point is the exact thing i said we shouldn't discuss right now the one thing i said let's take this off the table for the moment that's your problem with my analysis the only thing i exempted is the one thing you point to because you can't you can't but what i'm saying is in a normal race like if this was a normal situation where candidates were running desantis if he lost in iowa he'd be out and i think the same thing happens with nikki haley in new hampshire and certainly in South Carolina. Right. Like Nikki Haley's point is, is she can come in. Like, let's say Iowa happens. DeSantis maybe drops out some of those votes, which I don't think this is the case. Go to uh, uh, Haley. They won't. She makes a run in New Hampshire. Somehow wins New Hampshire, wins South Carolina. Then you've got a competition to run your hands probably. Yeah. But again, if if Donald Trump wins Iowa, New Hampshire in a normal circumstance. It's pretty much over. It's over. Mm-hmm. There's nothing else to do. But this, but this is not is a normal, not normal. So bringing in the part of the the uh, the analysis that you brought up, you had these guys sh- probably Shows shouldn't. That I recognize reality. <laughs> Number one, you don't <laughs> listen to no, the the, conver- the, the no. parameters well, of conversation. Well, I know, but I, I know. But I'm just <laughs> yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. So this is the second part of it, which is now the real realistic part that we're in, which is even if those two lose. You might as well keep fighting because there is a chance that, you know, look, they're trying to put him in prison. They're trying to keep him off of ballots. They're, I mean, God only knows what they're trying to do to and Donald Trump. And nobody knows what that means. So keep it alive. Yeah. Right. Well, nobody what? knows what that means. I've asked constitutional scholars and they all say the same thing. I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, okay. We better have a number two. We better have a number two. Back in just a second. On a t- you're the worst. I hate that. Oh, why do I? Premise, why do we do this show your together? Your premise was stupid. You agreed to the premise. That's what I happened didn't know you when were you set make, a premise at I the beginning, didn't know you were and the make person that agrees to the premise. Point. You did. I said it. I said it out loud. It's stupid. It's impossible. Why twenty something you. years of this? It's why the show? It's why the show is successful. (laughs) Nobody listens. All right. Let me tell you about uh, Tuttle Twins. We talk about the problem of inflation all the time. How is it it important? How is it happening? What, What causes it? What makes it go away? All of that kind of thing. It's important that not only you know it, but how much do your kids know about it? After all, they're going to inherit the economy after we leave them. And uh, they're going to have a lot to deal with. The Tuttle Twins would like to enlighten them and you with a free stocking stuffer. It's a book called Tuttle Twins and the Creature from Jekyll Island. It explains inflation. It explains the Fed and how our money works in a way that kids and adults both can enjoy and understand. The book is free. 
they run out of the extra supply or until the end of this week, whichever comes first, they're gone. So please don't wait. It's TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Get the free book. Just pay for shipping. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Teach your kids how to stay ahead of inflation. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Join the conversation. 888-727-BECK. The Glenn Beck Program. I, I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, Biden and his poll numbers. Okay. Uh, you know, they're going down. It looks like Biden is beating him. I mean, that uh, Trump is beating him. But uh, I'm going to I'm going to compare it to a plane crash. OK, but I want you to I want you to just not think about the facts that the plane is out of fuel. Both pilots mm-hmm. are dead. Okay. The door is <laughs> locked. Uh, and we're Whoa. just we're just shy of the altitude. Wait, to- the one problem I have is that you have no fuel. And the plane might go down, right? And you're not even addressing that. Right. That's the one problem so I have with words, your dumb analysis. In other words, that analogy it doesn't work because it's going to slam in to the mountains. I was no saying, matter. take it to another normal time period. Oh, okay. And well, deal we're with take that. This and to a this normal is different. Time that period was the follow-up when point. When the pilots are dead. The Glenn Beck program.